0: Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in listening to the greatest podcast on the entire planet, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. And of course, before we start the episode, here's a brief word from our sponsor. How's it going, bros? It's your boy, Patton Seagraves back with another episode of Zendependently Minded. Hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, you're making money, or not, if you're not into that kind of thing. I know I'm doing great. In fact, I'm super excited to announce the new sponsorship that I've signed on with. So, as the good saying goes, when a door closes, another opens. That's not rooted in fact, but it's more philosophical, obviously. For me, the door closing was Spotify. So that $50 million deal that I signed with Spotify, they actually rescinded it because they weren't happy with my previous episode. They didn't like that I was quote-unquote being racist, which is stupid because that that intro that I had, where I really am China State-affiliated media, that was the real translation. I hired a real translator and paid him five Dogecoin to translate that video for me. Those subtitles are not fake. I know I showed someone close to me that video. And they were disgusted. And they said this is racist. But that's the actual translation. You can type it in yourself. Copy those subtitles. And translate it into yin yang. And you'll find out that that was the actual translation. Anyway Spotify rescinded the deal. They took all my money from me. And I even owed them a little bit of money. So I had to give them all my earnings from my OnlyFans account. But like I said. One door closes, another door opens. The door that opened for me is InfoWars. InfoWars wasn't Alex Jones, it was his wife. She actually reached out to me and offered me a $49.9 million deal to have my show exclusively on InfoWars. So this will, unfortunately for you guys, be the last episode on Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Beaten Pod, and whatever the whatever whatever podcast platform you use. Not going to be on there anymore. It's only going to be available on Infowars.com. So that means Infowars Zenipenally minded merch is on its way. In all seriousness, though, I hope you guys... You know, I noticed... Um, I don't really... <clears throat> I don't really listen... Sorry, I'm drinking coffee and uh, I think a little bit of the coffee creamer is building up some juice in my throat. Taking another sip anyways. I don't listen to my podcast episodes... But I did notice that there were some, like my, my episode, I always preview everything though, as I'm uploading it. And I noticed that my, hold on, I'm going to turn up this recording volume because I feel like it's a little quiet. Ooh, that's a little too loud. Here we go. 85 looks good. Um, anyway, I noticed that my, my, through my computer speaker, which I don't, I never have on fully volume anyways. Um. I noticed that it was quiet so but I but I still ended up producing the video and then posting it And then I listened to it on my phone and I was like, oh man, this is pretty quiet And I noticed that I said in all seriousness a lot. So i'm going to try to cut back on that Anyway I hope you guys are doing good. I hope you have made it through another week um, we got to take it one day at a time one week at a time and Continue to try to reach our goals if you have any and I highly recommend you have goals. I'm not gonna go on some spiel and be like some self help book some some weird self published self help book that sold five copies on Amazon, and they were all his friends that he promised he promised some huge return as long as they invested like a thousand into his weird book self help book but goals are nice. I know if you're like me no one's like me let's be honest i'm I'm really weird um Speaking of that, I was watching this really good show called Succession that I was recommended recently, and I really love the show. I'm obsessed with it. I powered through season one really quick, and then I noticed an actor connection. An actor, The actor that plays the main character, the dad, Logan Roy, he also played William Stryker in X-Men, and he was talking in, in the show Succession, his character was talking to another actor who also played William Stryker, but a younger version in X-Men. I sent it to my friend and he's like, Whoa dude, that's crazy that you noticed that. And I was like, Yeah, man, it's completely useless. I can't make money. I can't make a living off of knowing weird connections like this, but sorry, I had to clear my throat and I didn't want to do it on while I was recording. Anyway, like I was saying, no one no one is like me. I I'm, I'm weird. It's whatever. Anybody who knows me, which I'm pretty sure most of the people which I'm I'm proud of this point, by the way. Most of the people listening to my podcast now I don't think I know you personally. Uh, Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Anyway, me personally, I am my biggest, what am I trying to, I'm my biggest motivator, I guess I would say. When it comes to putting pressure and relying on someone to motivate me to get something done. I'm the one who either is going to help myself succeed or fail, if that makes any sense. So for example, when I was in sports in high school, and I did cross country and I did football, I had my coaches that I wanted to make happy. And then eventually I learned after my first season of cross country that, that I wanted to motivate myself. And my dad made a really good point to me. He said, when you're racing, yeah, you got your coaches yelling at you, you got your your family and friends on the on the side of the trail that are rooting for you, same goes with football and any sport, but with cross-country specifically, and just long-distance running, you it's you versus yourself. You are racing yourself, internally, mentally, and also, if you're trying to beat your personal record, then, yeah, it's you versus yourself in a couple of different ways. When I got out of high school sports any anytime I want to exercise unless I'm in some kind of workout group or I'm in a like a a soccer club or something like that I'm motivating myself if I go to work out or I choose not to work out or choose to go on a walk or on a run or whatever that's on me completely and I've noticed because like I said like I've shared before I'm a writer I'm currently working on my second book I'm still trying to pitch my first one I've edited it now three or four times, and I, I I think I pitched it a little too early the first time. This time around, though, I made it as... It's, it's, it's beautiful, and uh, the only way that it can get any better is by an outside, like an editor's perspective. <clears throat> Sorry. But nobody was pressuring me. I don't have a publicist. I don't have an agent. I don't have a publisher. I don't have an audience for my books. No one has ever read my books except for my couple people, my couple friends, like I guess you'd call beta readers, my fiance and uh, my younger brother, my fourteen year old brother. He's he's kinda part of the target audience, so I wanted to get his his opinion on the book. Um anyway, there's no pressure, there's no exterior pressure, or uh, there's no outside motivator for me to finish my books. It's just on me. So if I don't finish it in a certain amount of time, that's on me, one hundred percent. So what I'm trying to get at is once in my opinion, this I'm, I'm talking out of my ass, I'm 22 years old, Like my opinion could change in six months, it's, it, it changes all the time, I'm not married to my ideologies, like, like Papa Joe Rogan would say. Once you can be your biggest motivator, once you can rely on just yourself to get something done, especially, especially when it's something that you don't have to do, like me, I don't have to write, I don't have to do this podcast. But I get up every week, every every day to write, and I get up every week, and I check every day and take notes for the podcast. I take notes and I do research for the podcast. I take notes and I do research for my books. That's on me 100%. It's what I want to do. It's what I'm passionate about. And I firmly believe that if I can, if you can find it within yourself to motivate yourself and to put pressure on yourself to get something done... When the time comes that you inevitably have a boss or a group of bosses that put pressure on you to get a project done, you know that you can get it done. If you can do it for something that you care about that you don't have to do, I firmly believe when your back's up against the wall and your paycheck relies on it and your your, your living relies on it, you'll you'll get it done. And for me, I've always found an interesting thing. Uh, I'm going to apply this, this belief, this set of ideals to writing. So in high school, I was one of the few people that I knew, definitely the only person in my friend group that genuinely enjoyed writing. Not all writing, but most of the time, because I'm so interested in a lot of stuff and like curious to say the least and interested to say the most in a lot of stuff. Anytime there was a paper, if, if I was able to figure out a you know, a part of the topic for the paper, whether it be a research paper or, or a persuasive essay, something like that. If And when it was like a creative piece, forget about it. I'm going to blow that shit out of the water and I'm going to have the best fucking paper that this teacher has ever seen. That's happened in the past. They didn't say best paper they've ever seen, but definitely was the best paper of the year. I was one of two A's in my junior year English class, which was the hardest fucking english teacher i've ever had anyway anyway i'm getting off track if i can find a way to be passionate about the topic at hand i'm gonna blow this fucking paper out of the water and yeah if you can find if i i tried my i tried my best to apply this to things that are not a passion of mine like something at work if i can find a way to genuinely care about the job i'm gonna get it done or if, at the very least, I'm gonna do my best, and that's gonna be satisfactory enough. That all being said, I hope you guys can set goals for yourself. I've set a goal for myself. Sadly, I'm going to probably. I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So I finished my first novel in March of 2021. I started it around March. Now, may I want to say maybe April or May of 2020. So I gave myself roughly it took me a year to write the book. And I can make all the excuses I want. I wrote often. I set myself a, a word limit every single week. Um didn't didn't meet it all the time. Sometimes I went over to make up for times that I didn't. But, you know, working full time and then eventually going back to school full time, things get in the way. But I always made a time I always made time to write. Every day I was writing in some capacity. Whether it was brainstorming, whether it was sending a voice message while I'm driving to myself of an idea I got, because I get a lot of ideas, like I said, when I'm driving, and I can't remember them by the time I get home, and it pisses me off. I've lost probably four or five book ideas. And if you were to look at my phone, you'd probably think I'm insane. But in my note app, I have a bunch of random voice messages, and probably eight eight to ten random book premises. That I can either turn into something in the future or sometimes they're just going to be completely erased. It's happened before. And sometimes I've blended. I've noticed I've blended a couple because I have this second book that I'm writing. I have, I know exactly what my third book's going to be about. I know what I want my fourth one to be about. And like I said, I'm, I've am i been brainstorming and world building for my fantasy series that I'm going to do in the future. I. I know exactly what's next, but I also... If I ever want to work on something else or brainstorm something else, I'm feeling more like, oh, I want to write a mystery today. I want to work on a romance novel today. I want to work on my fantasy series. I have notes that I can pull from. And really, I'm the only one who can understand them. Like, if if my fiance was to look at these notes, she'd be like, what the fuck? What am I? Who am I marrying on January 24th, by the way? It's coming. This being recorded on January 10th. Your boy is two weeks away from getting married. That's going to be crazy. Anyway, I, I keep getting off track. I, we're we're thirteen minutes into this podcast, and I, I I'm not really sure. This is not even part of my notes. It just came to my mind. What what was I trying to get at? I I can't remember. As I was always talking about books writing. Oh yeah, so the goal that I set myself because I, I I managed to finish my book in about a year. My goal is to produce is to is to get done with the first draft one book per year. Right now. I'm currently not on track to finish that for my second one. I, I I reached a serious creative rut. I actually stopped writing it for a while and went back for about three months to edit my my first book, get it get it looked at by other people. Like I said, my fiance. I have a coworker who's also one of my close friends who's reading over it. I got a friend who lives in Florida, all the way across the world, who's supposed to be reading it. So, yeah. I had some things get in the way and I I actually went back. I probably moved forward a little too quick, but I didn't want to just completely dwell on this one book for the rest of my life. Uh, My plan is to be a writer for my entire life and write things as I see and write things as my perspective grows, as I mature, as my view on life changes, as my exposure to different cultures change. That's the plan. I'm not trying to write one book that's going to completely change my career and then never do anything again. That's, that's, that's not what I'm in it for. Anyway, I set a goal for myself, trying my best to hit it. If I don't, that's on me. Like I said, there is no repercussions besides me beating myself up for procrastinating and not reaching my goal. So I hope you guys can set up goals for yourself. I know it's very, it's very preachy and it's very self-help oriented, but self-help is good. Uh... Yeah, so if, if you're going to listen to any advice that I give, except on also the, the staying informed, that's also kind of important. But if you're going to take any advice away from this podcast, it's set goals for yourself. It's really simple, sounds simple, but it, also, it, it goes a long way. That's all I'm trying to say. So, into the news. First bit of news. Uh, North Korea is gay. China is gay. Everyone except America is gay. Next bit of news. NASCAR is the best... I'm just kidding. So first thing I had, and I actually did a tad bit of external research because in the past I said like, oh, you know, I'm pretty sure less than, I would throw out a statistic that I was actually correct about, but I want to be 100% sure when I'm talking about stuff like this for for myself and also for YouTube to not delete my videos. Oh, and by the way, there will be no face cam video for this podcast. I didn't feel like doing a video one today. The real reason, though, is because Spotify actually put a hit out on me, and I am in a Motel 6 in Moscow. So, yeah, I didn't want to give away my location. There will still be as independently-minded video on YouTube, but it's just going to be my thumbnail, just like before. Before I did video podcasts, it's just the audio and then a thumbnail over it. But I did some research on this one so I can make sure that I'm giving you guys the correct statistics. So, first thing I wanted to talk about. The FDA is officially expanding booster eligibility to adolescents and it's shortening the time needed after your first series of vaccinations. Like I said in the past, guys, I'm not going to... I noticed that I talked about... I made the point take 15 minutes to get to when it only really took a minute to get to. I've always said this. I'm not going to tell you, and if I have, I'm contradicting myself. I'm not going to tell you Whether or not to do something with your body. Except for a couple things. You need to breathe, you need to drink water, and you should get some kind of level of exercise. Depending on your circumstance, your body type, your current activity level. Those three things, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I need eat food occasionally. Those those four things, I mean, you can't call me anti-vax because of that. But when it comes to vaccinating children, which is a topic that I've talked about a lot on this podcast. I've talked about friends talked about with a coworker actually yesterday. It was a pretty civil discussion. Didn't expect it to be what it was. Um which is good. That's that's all I want, man. I don't want I don't want to fight with anybody. I don't want to argue with anybody. For two reasons. One, I don't like confrontation. And two, it's stupid to fucking fight about dumb shit like this. And also it's easier for me to to say, "Oh yeah, I wouldn't do this or I would do this." I don't have kids. Um I am a pro at being empathetic. That doesn't mean shit. Empathy is not the same as actually having experience in something. So anyway, my, my main thing that I've always preached about that not only applies to the COVID vaccine, but it also applies to anything that you do with your life. I hope, and I know that most people are not, a lot of people are not, but I hope and I preach and I wrote a fucking paper about it and I'm honestly considering reading through it again and publishing it because I keep going back to it. But I wrote a paper two semesters ago for my college one of my college classes about how to defeat misinformation. And the main point, I'm not going to rehash this point again. You can listen to the previous episode. It was probably the best episode I've ever done if I'm being honest with myself. The statistics show too that it, it is it was a popular episode. Um you have the individual responsibility. Forget everybody else. Forget Fact checkers, forget the news, forget your school, forget your job, forget Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You have an individual responsibility to yourself and to the people that you are advising. If you're an adult and you have kids or you have people that can't make decisions for themselves, you have an individual responsibility and you should want to do this too. It shouldn't be like, oh, this is something I have to do. You should want to, but also you have to make sure you are staying informed before you decide to make a decision. Like I said before, informed consent. That is not a new topic. Um, yeah, informed consent. Make sure you do your research before you decide to do something and make a decision on behalf of yourself and people that you are responsible for. Point blank period. Do your research. For me, there is the raw data and then there is also skewed data that I could use if I wanted to. I could use propaganda, I could use skewed data to completely ha- knock my point out of the park and home and just become an echo chamber for myself and crazy people. But that's not what I want to do. I look at the straight up statistics. If if they're available. They're like I said, they're skewed statistics, they're statistics that are taken out of context, they're misleading graphs, blah blah blah. You learn all about all about this in school. That's one of the few things That I learned in school that apply to real life and that are really important and that if people were to pay attention to this we would have less idiots in the world but anyway I'm not trying to shame anybody some people can look at graphs and interpret them some people can't I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm the greatest graph interpreter ever anyway I'm just going to share this statistic okay this is this all plays into informed consent right you should do exactly what I'm doing. Let's pretend I have kids. I'm thinking about getting my kid the vaccine. Doesn't matter what they are. Doesn't matter whether, doesn't matter if they're a boy or a girl. Doesn't matter if they're overweight or super fit. Freaking playing in a triple A, AAA, I don't know if that applies to kids, but triple A fucking football and soccer team. And he's a wrestler. And then my daughter does gymnastics. So they're both super fit. Or they're obese. Whales, whatever. I'm looking at the statistics, okay? Officially, as of. January sixth. This is the CDC website. I'm going to screenshot this and put this on. I'm going to put this on the video. Um, so, as of January sixth, according to the CDC data from January from January fourth, 2020 to January sixth, 2022, the total number of kids ages zero to eighteen. That have died of COVID. Let's see. Let's do the math. 823. So obviously I'm going to screenshot this and I'm going to put it on the podcast. So 823. That's not zero. Right? That's not zero. That's not 8 million. It's 823. What percent of those kids are, you know, have comorbidities? I'm not sure. That's for you to make to, to, that's for you to look into if you want to. Now that number could right away make it or break it for you or for me, like in that, this hypothetical scenario that could make or break it for me. I could look at that and be like 823. I'm not going to do it. My kids are fit. Or I could look at it and be like 823. I don't want to sit here and be like, Oh, that would never happen to me. That would never happen to my kids. That's a reckless way of thinking. Right? So another thing that I would look at if I was a parent, I would look at the statistics and the potential risks. Uh, Because obviously we know the, we know the pros, we know the benefits. The vaccine overwhelmingly statistically shows if you have the vaccine, you have a higher chance of surviving COVID if you were to get it. It does not prevent transmission, but it lessens the symptoms and it shows. You can look at any amount of data, I know a lot of people try to be like, well, you know what, this is skewed, this is all, well, this is blah, blah, there are factors, there are, will, there are actual constructive criticisms when it comes to that data, but I've come to the conclusion, <laughs> and I've known this, I haven't disputed this in the past, if you have gotten vaccinated, and your vaccine is not too old, statistically, you have a higher chance of surviving COVID, that's, that's, not, that's not disputed by me, or by anybody that, that I talk to, at least, That being said, I would also look at the potential risks, the actual risks. So not just the short-term side effects, but I want to look at what's happening to people a month, two months, three months, six months, a year after they've gotten the vaccine, if they've had it for that long. I don't think anyone actually has had it it for a year. But myocarditis, that is a, a rare side effect, but it is a side effect that people should be informed on. They should be told, like I said in the previous episode, not only should you, you should never rely on other people to inform you. You should always do individual supplemental research. That's a that's a whole paragraph that I have on my paper that I, I definitely, I'm going to look into publishing. But if someone is going to mandate something, they have the legal and moral responsibility to tell you what the potential risks are. So, Myocarditis. I was doing this research before. Myocarditis in kids is, is a rare side effect, and it's, it's, it is a scary side effect, but of the few cases of myocarditis that are, that are there, it's 27 times more likely for males ages 0 to 24, and of the people who get myocarditis, so far, about 30% of them, last I checked, have it permanently. So my, myocarditis, if you don't already know, is inflammation of the heart, that's a scary thing. If it goes away, which it, it is showing I read I've read quite a few articles that kids in the rare event that they do get myocarditis, kids are of course, as always with anything because of their robust immune system might well, assuming they don't have my um, um morbid comorbidities they're able to get over myocarditis. But that that like I said goes into informed consent. So there is a rare chance, but there is a chance, of a kid getting myocarditis. If they're a male, age 0 to 24, there's a 27 times more likely chance that they get myocarditis. And of that higher chance, there is a percentage of it. More people are not getting permanent myocarditis and permanent heart damage. Which, by the way, permanent heart damage leads you to be more vulnerable, vulnerable for any heart disease and heart-related injuries in the in the future so these are all things that you want to weigh in if you are a parent or not it it all depends on you like I said some people don't want to hear the data they just decide I want to get my kid vaccinated and that is 100% fine I'm not saying I would do that for me but like I said I don't have kids I'm I'm being as fair as possible here when I talk about this I try to be I told you I take pride in being as fair and unbiased as possible As with anything and anybody, though, there's no such thing as completely unbiased news. Um, When it comes to reporting of the facts, that's a different thing, but the news is not just straight reporting of the facts. Anyway, that being said, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to give my opinion on this. I think I have given my opinion on this, really. Inform yourself. Inform yourself before you decide to do something for yourself and for people you're responsible for. Point blank, period. Moving on to the next bit of news. So, Andrew Cuomo is not going to be charged for COVID nursing home deaths. And I read about this. So I I read into this, and the reasoning behind this, the Manhattan DA said they are not going to charge Andrew Cuomo for the COVID nursing home deaths, which they should, because it was done under his order. Their reasoning, though, they said... I'm not going to, I don't remember word for word, but I remember reading that he said, he or she, sorry, said, when we investigated, we put countless hours and days into this investigation, we found that Andrew Cuomo, former governor Andrew Cuomo did not explicitly, he did not break any laws. Therefore, we cannot charge him for that. So, cool. He's not going to be charged in a court of law, but he's going to be charged, and he already has been and his brother, are being charged in the court of public opinion. I know I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not taking him off the hook because he didn't break any laws. You know what laws he broke? The laws of human fucking nature. The laws of being a a decent human being. Those were broken. So, he'll have to answer to whatever higher power he believes or doesn't believe in, and he'll have to live with himself for the rest of his life. It seems like he's doing it fine because he wrote a book, on how to how to be a leader and leadership lessons during the pandemic, where he was killing, not with his own hand, but with his with the stroke of a pen, killing more elderly people than needed to. <laughs> not saying any of them needed to die, obviously, but his actions led to the death of more elderly patients in nursing homes than necessary. Than than what should have happened, so. That's nice. That's all well and good. He's not going to be charged for that. Whatever. But he'll have to live with himself for the rest of his life, which I don't think he has a conscience, anyways, so who gives a fuck? Piece of shit hopefully doesn't have, doesn't ever get into a position of power for the rest of his life. His brother, that might be a different case. I could talk about that another time. Maybe I'll talk about it later if I feel like it. But I don't really feel like talking about these ghouls again. I've talked about them a lot, and they've gotten more airtime for me than they deserve probably. So fuck Andrew Cuomo. He has to live with himself for the rest of his life. And yeah, I hope every time he goes out in public, he constantly has to look over his shoulder for fear of the way that he treated the state of New York. The great state of New York, which I've never been to, but I'm pretty sure people like it for a good reason. Anyway, next bit of news I wanted to talk about. So if we're using Andrew Cuomo as an example, put actually, you know, put put Andrew Cuomo as an example aside. That's one state As one governor looking at the federal government's handling of the pandemic. Is there anybody out there that believes that the response has been better since Trump has been out of office? Did you like the response that Trump gave and don't like the response that Biden gave? I want to know if people are happy with the response that the United States government has had to this to this pandemic. In my humble opinion, it's been fucking shit. I think it's one of the worst, if not the worst, out of all developed countries in the United... uh, In the United States. In the world. It is one of the worst, if not the worst, handling of this pandemic. One of the main reasons I wanted to get into, the the actual disease aside, because I could fucking hammer that shit home for five hours. I could do a five-hour podcast on the actual handling of the virus itself, but the handling... I'm not going to talk about that, the handling of everything that has taken a hit and taken a, taken its toll, everything that the virus has taken a toll on, like the community, mental health, alcoholism rates, spousal abuse, domestic abuse, child abuse, sexual abuse, businesses failing, they get an, if I could create a whole new letter grade that signals and represents the absolute worst fucking letter grade that you could get, I would give it to the United States government for its handling of everything that has been affected by the virus itself. And everything that has happened to small communities and small businesses as a result of the government's own handling of this pandemic, the lockdowns, and the subsequent lack of bailing out of small businesses. This is the example that I that I, this is the parallel that I drew. Okay. Like I said, I'm empathetic. I completely understand why there are people who don't want to get the vaccine. They're not anti-vax because they've gotten every other vaccine that they've needed to, including the flu shot, but they've decided they don't want to get vaccinated for the, the, for COVID-19. They don't want to get their kids vaccinated because they're not trusting the government. Do you blame them for not trusting the government? Let me give you a scenario. Okay. Put yourself in their shoes for a second. If you're listening to this episode and you're pissed off and you think, oh, everyone needs to get five boosters. If you don't get five boosters, you're a massive piece of shit. You have a moral duty to your neighbors, even though the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. You're a piece of garbage. You keep filling up the fucking hospitals. You don't deserve care. Blah, blah, blah. Take your ideological blinders off your face for one fucking second and listen. Okay? The government, the same government that in 2008 bailed out the banks for something that the banks did to themselves. If you want to look into it, you can. Watch the big short. Look into it. Look up on Google. Why did the government bail out the banks, okay? I'll tell you right now why they bailed out the banks. They bailed out the banks because there's money in it for them. Self-interest. The same government that bailed out the banks in 2008 for something that they did to themselves, the same government did not bail out small businesses, did not bail out the three-generation, passed-down mom-and-pop diner in New York. They didn't bail out the taco shop in uh, in in Los Angeles. That was super racist, but that's a fucking fact. Insert any small business that you know of. I think a huge chunk of them I know in LA and New York, something like 60 to 80% of the small businesses are gone and never coming back. And that statistic should break your heart. It breaks my heart because I love small businesses. I love individual creators. I love individual entities that's why every chance i get if there's someone that i know personally family or friend and they have a music career they're trying to start a small business that they're trying to start a product that they've created or they they have their own podcast speaking of that i'm i have a friend who's finally going to he's been reaching out to me about starting a podcast he's going to start it and once it goes live i'm going to plug that you know why because i love the little guy i love the underdog, and I oppose most corporations. That alone should explain why people are hesitant to get the vaccine. And then you add in all the other stuff the suppressing of data, the suppressing and the silencing and the deplatforming for people that question the government's handling of this, the conspiracy, quote unquote, conspiracy theories like the lab leak theory. The vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. The vaccine doesn't keep you from getting COVID. Those are all things that got you removed off of social media, and they're all, in fact, true. So do you blame people for being vaccine-hesitant, which is such a bad fucking word, apparently? I don't. I don't blame them for being vaccine-hesitant. I may not agree with them. You may not agree with them. But put yourself in their shoes and take off your ideological blinders for two seconds. And look at the government's handling of this. Do not get pissed at your neighbor. Do not get pissed at your fucking uncle because he didn't get vaccinated or he didn't get his 9-year-old son vaccinated. Stop blaming the unvaccinated. Stop blaming your uncle, stop blaming your brother and your friends and your coworkers on Zoom that aren't wearing masks in a fucking Zoom meeting. Blame the people that are responsible for this, which are the which is the United States government. Point blank period. Anybody wants to dispute this? My DMs are open. On all my fucking platforms. You can pose a question. Through Anchor. Anchor.fm slash Minded. You can ask me a question. You can send me a voice message. Send me a fucking hour long voice message of why you think I'm wrong. And I would be more than willing to listen to it. And if if you want me to, I can even put it on the podcast. And completely dissect it. Stop blaming individual people. And start blaming the government. Because it's their fault. The unvaccinated Did not shut down small businesses. Contrary to what people might try to say. Oh, they're filling up the hospitals. That did not lead to a fucking nine-month lockdown that eventually led to bankruptcy and the permanent shutting down of a lot of small businesses. That did not happen from the unvaccinated. Stop pretending that it happened because of people who chose not to get the vaccine. It happened because of the United States government's choice the current administration, and you can blame the previous administration. They made the decision to lock down. They can try to say it's because of the numbers, but they chose to do it. It didn't actually help. Look at Florida. Florida's numbers right now are shooting through the roof, but the the death rate is also slightly increasing, as it would normally. More cases probably means more death. But if you look at the entire past year, Florida is probably the only state with no mandates, with no lockdowns, and they had either the same or lower COVID deaths. And their small businesses did not take a hit, like New York and LA. So that's all I'm asking of you. Blame the people who are responsible, and not your fellow normal human being. So, the next bit of news I wanted to talk about. Dick Cheney, he actually came to the Capitol on the January 6th anniversary, which, oh boy, I can't wait to talk about that shit. And he's he was talking about, uh, he said he's deeply disappointed in GOP leadership. And I haven't looked into this, but I don't give a shit that much, okay? Dick Cheney is a piece of garbage. I don't know if he's disappointed because the GOP didn't hammer Trump enough, or maybe he's disappointed because they didn't back him enough, and a lot of a lot of... GOP members, you know, jumped the train and jumped the bandwagon and acted like it was the worst day in American history, which it wasn't even close. Either way, I think Dick Cheney is just mad that the GOP is not starting enough wars. Uh, He has a, he has a war quota, two, two wars, (laughs) two wars a term. And the current GOP group of guys is not meeting that quota. So it pisses him off. So I'm gonna segue into talking about January 6th. This is gonna be the one of the last times hopefully I talk about this shit. Because it's already gone away in my mind. I've gotten over it, but you know, people like Kamala Harris and uh Joanne Reed and all those all those brain dead idiots allegedly, this is all a joke. I'm not criticizing public figures. Please don't fire me from my job. Please don't fire me for criticizing government figures. They're all great, they're all amazing. I wish I could have them on my podcast so I could kiss their feet and fan them and tell them how much of a great job they're doing. I love you so much, Kamala Harris. Joanne Reed, you're not a government figure, so you can suck a dick. Most normal people want this January 6th shit to be done and over with. It happened a year ago, but now, you know, according to Kamala Harris, she wants to, she wants to market, she wants people to market on their calendars. She wants people to remember it the way that they remember the day that we got attacked in Pearl Harbor the day that we officially officially marked our transition into getting involved with World War II. 9-11. Days like that. This is what Kamala Harris has been telling. She, she said this herself. I, I'm not taking this out of context. She said to mark it on your calendars so you could remember. Here's all I'm going to say, okay? This is a fact, too. Just like the media portrayed... CNN did this probably purposely, um, actually, you know, I think they did this inadvertently because they're not smart enough, but when they had that guy, the optics were bad, right, when he was standing in front of the burning cop car in the burning building saying, this is a mostly peaceful protest, he said, I want to preface this by saying, this is a mostly peaceful protest, also, you can see that on the clip that I made, my first video podcast, He was actually not lying. It was one of the few times that CNN wasn't lying. But by showing that, and then by Fox News and MSNBC and all the legacy media showing the worst of the worst for the George Floyd and the Ahmad Arbery riots and protests and looting, by showing the worst of the worst, it gave ordinary people the thought and the idea that everybody who was protesting George Floyd's death was burning down buildings when in fact they were mostly peaceful. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not messing around. I'm not kidding. That's a fact. Unfortunately, though, the thing that garners views and clicks and listens is being like, look at these fucking looters. Oh, oh, pants down, don't loot. All that fucking cringe that people spout. Having Tucker Carlson and Greg Gutfield and whoever the fuck dumbass piece of shit fucking line reading, can't make my own individual thought without having a complete mental breakdown at Bill O'Reilly. Having those guys go on the news and denounce the the rioting and the looting, all that bullshit, that plays into the narrative that if you were protesting George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and anybody who anybody who people felt were unjustly killed, they successfully made it seem like anybody who was Protesting that was a rioter and a looter, and they were condemned as a whole. Blanket statement. Like I said, blanket statements fucking suck. So, that being said, apply that exact same logic, because it's factually true. This is a factually sturdy argument, and this is this is true. This is outright true. Most of the people who were protesting on January 6th, 2021... They were peaceful protesters. That's a fact. They were either there to protest peacefully because they felt that Donald Trump was cheated out of the election. They were there to send off their guy because it was Joe Biden's inauguration date and they wanted to send him off and show that they supported him and love their guy, whatever. Then there was a group of crazed individuals that did try, I guess you could say, to push an insurrection. It's hard to say that some that they tried to participate in an insurrection when there were not that many of them but i mean it doesn't take a huge group of people to overthrow the government you can look at the united states birth (laughs) but just like with the george floyd protests and just like with january 6th i am drawing the parallels you can disagree with me but it's a fact most of the people who were there were peacefully protesting alex jones of all people was leading a peaceful protest and a peaceful march, and a peaceful rally in support of Trump. Say what you want about Trump, but he was able to get large groups of people to, for the most part, peacefully rally and support him, as leading up to the 2016 election, and all the subsequent rallies afterwards, they were huge in numbers, and that was the case with January 6th. The people who tried to break into the Capitol, and that did actually get into the Capitol, that was scary. They're bad. They should be condemned. They should get in trouble. But the fact that there's a a whole committee now dedicated to tracking and doxing and getting people fired and harassing and blackmailing. Anybody who showed up to the Capitol on January 6th, that's not okay. Anybody who's not ideologically blinded and morally bankrupt and completely brainwashed, and completely hateful of their neighbor, just just because you have different beliefs, that's scary, you're an idiot, and if the same was to be done to you, which it actually was, do you guys remember when the unmarked van people, the unmarked government federal ba- vans were taking people that were... Either rioting or looting or just peacefully protesting and tossing him in a van. Do you remember how fucking pissed and scared people were? Apply that same. The golden rule, guys. If you don't want it done to you, oh, don't do it. Do to others what you would want to want done to you, or don't do to others what you wouldn't want done to you. Whatever. The golden rule has been changed. <laughs> it's been there. I remember reading a chart of like forty different religions that had the golden rule, kind of switched around a little bit, but the same always, the same stands. If you are, if you have morals and you have, if you have consistent ideological beliefs, your ideology and your beliefs should apply to everybody, even those that you disagree with. Like I said, with free speech, there are a lot of people that have been deplatformed that I'm not a fan of, and I don't ever, ever wish and celebrate them being deplatformed. The same should go with the January 6th stuff. People who went and stormed the Capitol and actually went into the building and they tried to overthrow the government, they should be punished. The people who were just there peacefully protesting and rallying should not be punished, but they are being punished. So that's my main thing with this. I want this to be done. The insurrection, the attempted insurrection was bad, but it was mostly peaceful. And that's a fact. No, it is not the worst day in American history. No, it is not as bad as Pearl Harbor. No, it is not as bad as 9-11. That's all I have to say about that. So, the Moderna CEO is joining hands and joining forces with the Pfizer CEO saying, the fourth vaccine dose could be needed. Just listen to my past past episode on this shit. I, If you're going to listen to anybody on advice on whether or not you should get your second booster shot or your third booster shot if you got, like, the Johnson & Johnson. I don't know how that works. I know Johnson & Johnson. I'm not sure if we even got that vaccine back because it was causing blood clots. But if there's anybody you shouldn't get your medical advice from, it's the guy who's making the most amount of money and profits the most off of you getting your fourth shot. That's all I'm going to say about that. Last couple of things I wanted to talk about. So, there's two more points I want to talk about, but I'm going to take the the the, the last point, and I think I'm going to do a whole another episode on that because I don't want to jump around too much. This episode's already almost an hour long. I know anybody who's been listening this far, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking time out of your day, time from your limited bank of time to listen to this crazy ass, half Filipino, half white guy, just rant and talk about, talk shit, but the last thing I wanted to talk about anyway, so, the Dutch government, so the Netherlands, if you don't know, people, people, I actually, when I was younger, confused, so Germany is not called Germany by Germans, it's called Deutschland, when I was younger, I was like, oh, Deutschland. that's where the Germans are, right, and my parents had to explain to me, the Dutch, are people from the Netherlands, okay? People from the Netherlands are called Dutch. And people from Germany are called Germans. But they call themselves Deutsch. And there's other terms that they call themselves. I'm not gonna get into that. The Dutch government is withholding COVID mortality data, much to the dismay of the people of the Netherlands. If you look, they're fucking mad. They're riding in the streets. They're damaging property. Blah, blah, blah. I've already given my opinion on that. Um... I'm not supporting rioting or looting, but I am supporting 100 million percent I am supporting people's protest of their government's handling of the pandemic. I've now experienced two shitty government handlings of the pandemic. The country that I'm living in in Europe and the United States, where I'm from and where I visited. In the middle of the pandemic. So, also, Austria, they're delaying their mandatory vaccine rollout and they said it's due to technical implementation problems, which when translated from Viennese German means we are afraid of our citizens rising up because 61,000, as of three days ago, 61,000 complaints have been sent to the Austrian parliament on the vaccine mandate, which makes me happy. It's being suspended, which means I can probably go back to Austria. So if you're trying to find out where I live, you can rule out Austria but austria is one of my favorite places on the entire planet the alps whether it's the the austrian alps the swiss alps the italian alps the german alps they're all so insanely beautiful and i got to experience firsthand crystal clear blue water in the austrian alps so i'm glad that this vaccine mandate is being suspended because maybe that means i can take a trip soon it's really cold here it's been raining and snowing off and on. Uh, it was weird. Last week we had uh, sunny days, like actual warm days where I was going out, getting in my car after work, my car had been sitting out in the sun, and it was kind of warm in the car, and now it's snowing and raining, but hopefully Austria permanently suspends this. I guess that's an oxymoron. I hope it, they permanently end this vaccine mandate, but who knows what's going to happen. By the way, Viennese German is the, it's, if you can tell, Vienna, Austria, most, probably the most famous city in Austria, that's the dialect of German that they speak in Austria. And depending on where you go, there's like five or six countries, I think, in Europe that actually have German as their main language. Fun fact for you, it's something that I learned recently, Um, even in Germany, within Germany, There's different states, and there's actually, in Bavaria, there is a, Bavaria is where Berlin is, if you're wondering. They actually have an older dialect called Bayerish German, I think, and that shit sounds almost completely different. It's insane. So they had to come up with their own hybrid version so they could, like, effectively communicate with those, let's speak, like, Schwabish German and stuff like that. That all being said, that's, I think that's gonna wrap up this episode i do have great news though before i go i just finally finally was able to set up i think it was with printify and i'm gonna publish it if the if everything goes well but i finally set up a shop on printify for merch i ordered a shit ton of samples for me a couple of my friends my family once we test it out if we decide that it's up to par or there's tweaks i need to make like quality tweaks which is the main thing i'm going to focus on because like i said if i'm going to ask you guys for money which i've said is going to be completely donated either to the child mind institute or it's going to go to a close family friends nonprofit or charity organization that they're going to hopefully create soon i want to make sure that it's high quality i hate buying merch from an artist or content creator that i love it being 50 75 100 dollars for a hoodie and then it just being some Plain ass shit where it's just like, oh, I posted my logo on this and sold it for $100 and made like 80% profit. I've tweaked the prices. I'm making it as affordable as possible. I'm making it as high quality as possible. I'm not in it for the profit. The What little bit of profit that I am making is all 100% going to go to the Blind Institute or another charity or nonprofit organization. So the samples are coming. I'll be posting pictures of myself in it. Maybe my fiance in it if she wants. I'll be posting pictures of it to the internet. I'll put it in my podcast. And then you guys can decide if you want to buy it. And if you don't want to buy it, but you still want to support and put your money to a good cause, of course I'm going to link that stuff in the description when it comes. So, I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the last episode. It was one of the most popular episodes that I've ever done, which really tickles my pickle. Um, as always stay safe stay away from those crazies out there thank you